It's time to get down to business on the weekend's number one business program. Known as the king of networking, your host, Shalom Klein, has worked with thousands of entrepreneurs and created countless jobs. So, to success, let's get down to business. And indeed, we are all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship and business. We talk a lot about business here. You're on with Get Down to Business. And I am your host, Shalom Klein. Remember, you can always download podcasts from Get Down to Business on my website at shalomklein.com. And while you are there, don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Shalom Klein. It's going to be a jam-packed week of content and information you will not want to miss. So let's kick off the program. My first guest is a best-selling author. Howard Tiersky is a Wall Street Journal best-selling author and one of the top 10 digital transformation influencers. Howard, thank you so much for joining us on Get Down to Business. Oh, thanks for having me, Shalom. It's great to have you. So you are the CEO of From the Digital Transformation Agency. So I want to start with a very basic question. To the uh, to the layperson that's out there that doesn't understand some of the terminology, what is digital transformation, and what is it that you do? <laughs> sure. Uh, well, I always think about digital transformation as two things. First, there's the digital transformation in the world. You and your listeners have probably noticed in the last ten or fifteen years, we've had some significant changes in our in our lifestyle as a result of digital. Most of us are walking around with a very powerful device in our pockets, for example, and it's connecting us to our job and our social network and our friends and most of our commerce relationships, whether they're with a bank or travel or things you buy. And so uh, most customers today, most, most people in, the, in, in, our, in our society are what I call, they've become what I call digital customers. By that, I mean not that they're, they're robots, but rather that they are living a lifestyle with digital at the center. And so the digital transformation in the world has been that shift, has been the fact that, that we have all changed as, as people and as, as consumers in terms of how we interact and certainly when it, and how we interact with, especially in the context of your show, with the businesses that we do business with every day. Absolutely. And so that's, that's the one outer layer of digital transformation. And there ain't nothing you can do about that. That's the change in the world, and we're not going back. And, of course, COVID has driven that even faster and farther. Uh, Microsoft CEO said we've done, you know, three, three years of digital transformation in three months as a society. And most people are shopping more online and are, are ordering, you know, food more through Uber Eats and, and other similar apps and just moving them. And obviously, we're seeing telemedicine and teleeducation and all these things that were inevitable trajectories anyway, but being accelerated by the constraints of, of the world of COVID. So that's the first layer. And then What's relevant to a business, though, or, or, or I should say actionable by a business is the inner layer, because the inner layer of digital transformation is, so what are you doing about it as a business? Because in order to have a successful business, you have to be delivering based on the needs of your customers, and your customers' needs are changing. Digital transformation in the world has dramatically changed their needs over the last decade plus, and the accelerated digital transformation of COVID has changed their needs even more in the last three to six months. So what companies need to do, companies that were born pre-digital, which is true of most of my clients and so many companies today, they didn't start out as Facebook or Amazon or Uber, 
uh, they need to transform. They need to change just like a butterfly that comes from a caterpillar or an adult that comes from a child and goes through puberty. You have to figure out how do I need to adapt and change the way I interact with my customer to have a business that's relevant to those customers in the future. And that process from figuring out what the change needs to be to going through implementing that change over time is digital transformation. Absolutely. And it is uh, it is a transformation and things are evolving very, very quickly. And that's a perfect segue into your new book, uh, Winning Digital Customers, The Antidote to Irrelevance. And this is something that's not just um, uh, related to uh, large companies. Um, this is something that every business and certainly every listener uh, needs to uh, needs to keep their finger on the pulse on. And in fact, in your books forward, written by Michelle McKenna, a former Disney executive, um, she talked about you uh, and, and, and how you have helped with that transformation. It's really, really exciting that you are now providing some of those lessons um, to, uh, to, to, to everybody that's out there. And you've, you've received some fantastic accolades um, for your uh, for this book. So tell us a little bit about the process of writing winning digital customers and what is the one message that you're hoping uh, our listeners sort of take away from the book? Sure. Well, the process was very interesting. I, I've been writing for many years articles and such on these topics, and most articles have a much narrower goal than a whole book. You know, it's an article just about one aspect or another aspect of, of what it takes to succeed in today's digital world. So the book was an opportunity to try to put all together in one place. And I, I, I think that um, uh, for small businesses and medium-sized businesses, because you're right, most of my professional work has been with the largest brands in the world, whether that's the NBC or JP Morgan Chase or the Avis Budget Group. These are the kind of clients that I mostly work with on a day-to-day -day basis. But, as, but, but that need for digital transformation is true, as you say, across all size companies. And in fact, most small and medium-sized businesses they compete also with enterprises, right? I mean, if you're running a, if you're an accounting firm or you're a, a, a roofer or whatever you are, there's probably a very large company that's also doing the same thing. So you've got to compete with those companies in many cases for any given, uh, any given customer. So if they're doing it, you better be doing it at some level, although the way in which you approach it might be different. You may be partnering instead of creating your own delivery infrastructure like Domino's. If you're a single restaurant, you may need to be figuring out how to partner with Uber Eats or with, with uh, other, uh, other delivery services. But in any case, you need to still figure out how to meet the needs of your customers. So in my book, I had to figure out how do I take all these discrete things that I've written about and try to create a kind of a master plan? Because... If you know, you ask me what's one thing I would want companies to take away from it, and I would say it's this because there's so many things. It's a tough question. Yes, tough question, Shalom. But uh, <laughs> it's that you can do it. That's the number one thing because you know there are many many individuals who look at the scale of change that would be needed and think, oh, you know, it's like that old joke where you know a driver pulls up and says to somebody, you know, can you help me any directions? And explains, I'm trying to get to such and such location. What's the best way to get there? And the person says, man, if that's where you're going, I really wouldn't start from here. You know, and it's like, well, <laughs> for most businesses, <laughs> you got to start from where you are. You have no other choice. And it can seem daunting to figure out, well, gosh, you know, I'm, I'm running a bakery in town. Uh, how on earth can I be a digital business or be really rev relevant to digital customers? And there are many, many ways. And so the book is a step-by-step -step process. The book walks you by the hand through what is digital transformation? Uh, why is it essential? And then what is a five-step process to go through it? 
starting from making sure you really understand your customers, define who your customers are, and you've really gotten clear on how their needs are changing, to creating a vision for if you were building this business from the ground up right now, how would you build the optimal business in whatever area you're in to meet the needs of today's digital customers? By the way, that doesn't mean it has to be a totally digital business. You know, uh, Taco Bell is installing second drive-throughs in all their restaurants so that people who order on the app can more quickly and easily pick food up. Nobody wants to buy a digital taco. You know, it's not about everything being digital, but it's about saying if my customer has digital at the center of their lifestyle, if I'm a roofing company, nobody wants a digital roof. They need a real roof. But what how can I be the best possible roofing company for people whose lives have iPhones and, and a digital experience at the center? Absolutely. So the yeah, Absolutely. And I, I've been chatting with Howard Tierski, um, who, again, is the CEO of from the Digital Transformation Agency. And as you can hear from the way he just pronounced roof, he is a native Chicagoan <laughs> and <laughs> since transplanted to the East Coast. Um, but um, Howard, uh, you are the author, as we said, of Wall Street Journal best selling book, Winning Digital Customers. And Howard, we've got about a minute remaining. And I want to make sure our listeners, of course, know where they can purchase the book, which I love that you have, as you say, a five-step roadmap, um, that this is something that is relevant for anybody, regardless of where they're starting in this journey. There's something there for you. But I also understand that you are uh, launching a podcast as well, where you are uh, sort of uh, amplifying and continuing um, to educate uh, people. So uh, Howard, can you tell us a little bit about that? Absolutely. So uh, following in your steps, Shalom, um, we've launched a podcast called Winning Digital Customers. It's available, should be everywhere, certainly Spotify, Amazon, or not Amazon, uh, uh, Apple. Um, and uh, uh, we are interviewing leaders of companies that have gone through digital transformations to find out what have they done successfully? And frankly, what have they done that has been unsuccessful? What are the lessons that can be learned? So the first episode is with uh, the person you mentioned at the beginning who wrote the forward to my book, Michelle McKenna. She's the chief information officer of the National Football League, but has uh, been with Disney and Universal Studios and other companies. Fantastic episode, that's up there now. Um, we just are launching this week an episode with the president and CEO of Foot Locker to talk about the transformation that they've had to undergo. And we have many more great episodes episodes coming. So the goal is to just tell stories of uh, digital transformations and from those learn what works. And where and can they find it? They can find it on, uh, uh, you know, Apple, Apple uh, podcasts or Spotify or pretty much anywhere podcasts are available. The name of the podcast is Winning Digital Customers, which coincidentally is also the name of the book, which they can find on Amazon and, and Barnes and Noble and many other places. Or Absolutely. you can go to winningdigitalcustomers.com. So you only have one thing to remember, wherever you type it. Winning Digital them. Customers. That's the winner. Howard Tierski, thanks so much for joining us on the Thank air. You. Purchase a copy of the book. We'll be right back and get down to business. Welcome back to the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. And I have been super excited about this conversation with Russ Johns, who is the host of, of the Pirate Broadcast, an incredibly interesting uh, person doing incredible, interesting, interesting things. Um, Russ, welcome to Get Down to Business. Well, thank you so much for having me on the show. I uh, appreciate and I'm humbled by the opportunity. Thank you so much for being here. 
Oh, I'm, I'm humbled to have you. So Russ, you are a uh, broadcast expert. Um, you have not only hosted shows on your own, but you actually empower others uh, to do the same. So Russ, I always love to get to know the person behind the microphone. And uh, Russ, if you can, tell us briefly a little, little bit about yourself and how you got into this world of the pirate broadcast. I'm also especially curious about the name. <laughs> well, I actually started in advertising in 85. And uh, in 1987, I was in outdoor advertising. And I fell three stories off a billboard. And I was also a musician at the time. So I, I kind of had to change some of the things I was doing. So I came back to the organization and became the safety director after having fallen and, and uh, I shattered my wrist and my arm and had two years of rehab and reconstruction surgery. And so I tell people I fell three stories to get into advertising. And, and from that journey, I was able to get it. I was in radio and television and outdoor advertising in the, in the, the organization I was working in. And so being around engineers and being around radio and, and television and uh, technology allowed me to grow into, uh, you know, the podcasting arena allowed me to start some shows in Houston and do uh, radio commercials and do some audio for uh, some uh, indie uh, movies and things like that. And I just always had a fascination and a curiosity about how people do what they do and where they got the skills they have and, and how they evolved into where they're doing now. And so I thought, well, I'm going to continue to take that curiosity and build a show around it. So uh, early last year, I started the pirate broadcast and in radio, if you don't have an FCC license and you're broadcasting without permission, you're a pirate, you're a pirate broadcaster. So that was where the idea, I took that idea and because we're on the internet and we can pick up a phone and start a program, you could start immediately and broadcast your message, your gifts, your, your story, whatever it happens to be and launch your story. So that's the kind of the spin on the pirate broadcast. I love it. I love it. And, and Russ, as I said, you are having some fascinating conversations. And I think you've picked up on something interesting, especially in this era of COVID, where I think people are exceptionally curious to learn, to grow. And you're helping people learn and grow. And you're coming up with some really creative uh, ways to do it. So uh, to the entrepreneurs that are tuning in uh, to get down to business, what advice do you have uh, for them in, in, in terms of how to, how to stand out and how to get their message across in a uniquely relevant way? The, the biggest and the most impactful message I can share in this arena is get started and not worry about what everyone else is doing get started and find your voice, find your message, just like you're doing Sloan. You have to identify what's comfortable for you and what you can do long-term. You know, it's a long game. If you're going to be broadcasting, you need to be sharing information and you're going to be producing results. You have to make sure that you're doing it comfortably. It doesn't have to become work. It doesn't have to be something else that you have to do. It's something that you get to do. And if you if you go into, into it with that mindset, you have an opportunity to grow and scale and bring an audience to your topic or your subject that you're sharing. 
100%. And as my dad would say, it's all widgets. And there's so much content that's out there right now. So from one side, uh, being a consumer of that information, you, there's a wealth of knowledge. But Russ, I want to pick your brain on the other side of things. Um, I, I was involved in this world of, call it broadcast, as well as uh, podcasts um, before it was cool. But right now, Russ, is there a market for, uh, it, would there be a demand for somebody that's listening, if they're an expert in in legal services, to create a broadcast, to share information in a, call it a podcast format, in a video blog format. I mean, I don't even need to cover the, the point that uh, people are ADD in the sense of people are not reading as much as they were reading before. Um, mm-hmm. But but if somebody were to have an idea about starting a podcast, is this still a good time to do it? Or is there's just simply too much out there? I think it's the best time to do it. And and let me let me back that up with a couple of thoughts. Number one, right now, there is a million and a half, approximately a million and a half podcasts in existence right now, according to statistics and analytics. I would, I would guess that a good portion of those are what are conditional under what you would consider pod fade. You know, they, they start an idea, they have a great idea, they do six, seven, ten episodes, and then what takes place as pod fade where they don't continue producing the show for whatever reason, life, circumstance, schedules, jobs, kids, whatever it happens to be. And so those podcasts are still sitting out there. There might be 10 episodes that are brilliant episodes. However, there's still room. If you, if you measure that against how many blog posts there are in existence, there's a lot of room and, And I think people look at it a little bit different uh, because you don't necessarily have to have a million listeners. You can have a very committed community and you can have somebody that's dedicated to listening to your show, that's part of the community, that's engaged, and you can grow a, a very lucrative business as a result of having a subject that people want to be engaged in you can bring other people in and just like this conversation here and you can produce some amazing content that will be out there for a long time. And then you can continue to share it. You, it's not one and done. It's, you know, it's content that you can share and create value elsewhere and people will find you and the audience will show up when you can, when you develop your consistency over time. Absolutely. And I've been chatting with Russ Johns, who is the host of the Pirate Broadcast. And Russ, as you say, sharing interesting people, doing interesting things, be ser- be seen, be heard, be talked about, um, which is a perfect segue into uh, what you do, um, because I want to make sure we get that message across. Uh, tell us a little bit about your, call it consulting work, and how you work um, with folks using all of that experience that you talked about earlier in our segment. Absolutely. Thank you for the opportunity. I, Shalom, I, I really love helping people. I mean, that's my, I've been, I've been training people for decades on different subjects. And I feel that there's a huge opportunity. Everyone has a gift. Everyone has an impact. And everyone has an opportunity to share that message and that gift. And I think about this. I think about decades from now and 
grandkids or relatives going back and saying, check out this and listen to what took place and listen to what they were doing then and having it broadcast in the future. And these ideas and these subjects that we're dealing with right now are going to be different. Things are going to be different in the future, I anticipate. So it's nice to be able to collect and capture that information and and listen to the seeds of where it started and how it started. And so if I can help others deal with the technology, deal with the fear of getting on camera or a microphone, deal with how to schedule people, how to take care of all of that technology is something I thrive in. I love that piece of the puzzle. And I love building systems that allow people to just sit down, turn on the mic and produce a show. So if I can help more people do that and share their message, share their gift and share their understanding of where they are in life, that is, that is my gift to the to the world. That's great. Right and there's so much content, so much information. Uh, everybody should look to uh, transform, to innovate. Russ, how can people get a hold of you if they want to get in touch and, uh, and start working with you? Just go to russjohns.com. And uh, you can always book a call with me at bookrus.com. And just reach out. Let's have a conversation uh, and uh, start the process. Start the process. Absolutely. Bookrust.com, russjohns.com. Thank you so, so much for joining us on the air and sharing uh, words of inspiration. I certainly found it meaningful. And I do hope that our listeners will get in touch with you uh, to, as you say, be seen and be heard. Russ Johns, thanks for joining us. We'll be back and get down to business after these headlines. Quick break. Welcome back to Get Down to Business. I am absolutely thrilled to be joined by Scott Majeski from FriendNet. And Scott um, is an expert in the world of uh, franchising because he has been a franchise owner. And uh, this is an interesting time for business, certainly an interesting time uh, for folks considering franchising. So Scott, let's start with your story. How did you discover the glorious world of franchising and the many, many opportunities that it provides? Uh, Thank you for having me, uh, Shlom, uh, on your program. Um, I spent 20 years in corporate America and in 2008, uh, when, you know, everybody else was losing their job, I lost my job in corporate America. I was in the investment world and, um, you know, that that industry wasn't looking very good for trying to find uh, a new position. So I thought of remaking myself and uh, I wanted to explore franchising. So I got connected with a franchise consultant and went through uh, their process and ended up buying a Pure Clean Water Fire and Mold franchise, which I opened up uh, June 1st of 2009. Absolutely. And uh, that means that you have uh, real hands-on and personal experience. You're not just a consultant that's providing you know, high-level information. You actually know what is out there. So uh, let's talk about franchising. Again, I'm chatting with Scott Majeski, um, who has that experience as a franchise owner. So Scott, in this day and age, as uh, <laughs> certainly our business community is evolving, I guess that's the theme of the show today, uh, typical entrepreneurship uh, may not be the right fit for everybody. And, and that's not to say that being a franchise owner is not entrepreneurship, but you have the option of either starting from scratch or having an existing structure in place. So Scott, what is hot out there? What are some of the opportunities that some of our listeners should be looking at? 
Well, a lot of our clients, you know, given given the COVID crisis that's going on and, and given the uncertainty of, you know, wh what economy are we going to come out of um, or come into when we come out of the uh, COVID crisis, you know, they're really looking at, you know, the safer uh, businesses, which tend to be uh, service businesses. Uh, service type businesses are generally lower cost uh, to open and uh, they're lower risk. A lot of them have recession resistant qualities. And, you know, the new term is essential service businesses, which are those businesses that didn't have to shut down because they provided an essential service, uh, you know, to the consumer. And so these are the businesses that our uh, clients are really grabbing, gravitating towards uh, at the moment. And Scott, are is being a franchise owner always a full-time engagement or is it possible to view uh, franchising as an investment? Certainly there's, you can be a full-time owner, right? You're working, you know, uh, nine to five. Um, there are semi-absentee opportunities where you're putting in 15, 20 hours a week. So you have a lot of flexibility, which allows you to do something else. Um, and then there's even some businesses that are completely absentee um, where you can have a full-time job and you are an investor in this business and you're really running this business through a key employee and you're managing it through profit and loss statements and, and, and um, um, you know, managing it, um, you know, through that key manager or general uh, partner. Scott, and you uh, help your clients um, throughout this entire process, which is so important because this is a major, major decision. And Scott, you have quite a portfolio through um, through uh, your organization, through FranNet, um, which is, as they say, a local trusted uh, franchise experts. And uh, Scott, you work with uh, folks all over the Chicagoland area. Are there any uh, success stories that you would like to highlight in our short time remaining? Sure. I, I recently placed a husband and, and wife um, uh, partnership where, um, you know, they were they were looking for something that they could, you know, do together where they could feel good ab uh, about themselves and, and they could, you know, generate some some wealth for themselves, which, you know, they, they really hadn't felt um, that they'd done uh, for themselves. And they really loved, um, you know, animals and pets. And so, um, and they wanted some flexibility in, in their days um, as well. So I got them into a, a mobile grooming uh, company. And I recently had an opportunity to reach out to them, uh, you know, when the COVID crisis started, just to see how they were doing. And at first, you know, it was a slow go, but um, uh, when I reached out to them um, recently during the COVID crisis, a business was actually booming because people, you know, can't take their pets a grooming station a lot of people and these grooming these mobile grooming stations come to the clients homes and groom the pets there so my clients are very happy uh they do work that they love to do and um uh, they're having a great time uh doing it and they're proud of what they do well scott that must feel so fulfilling to help uh so many people I've been chatting with Scott Majeski from FranNet, a franchise expert in the Chicagoland area. Scott, how can people get a hold of you if they want to learn more about uh, even just exploring their own franchising opportunities or investments? Sure. Uh, I work with my clients at no cost to them uh, at any time through the process, and they can call me at 
888-999-9963, and we can have a, a brief introductory call, or they can go to frannet.com, F-R-A-N-N-E-T.com, and just uh, look me up there and uh, get a hold of me through our, um, our, our website. Fantastic. Scott Majeski from Frannet. Scott, thank you so much for joining us on the air, and I do hope that our listeners will get in touch with you to learn more. You are listening to the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. We have some some fantastic guests still to follow. Uh, don't touch that dollar, Chicago. You're listening to Get Down to Business. Back on the show, all about small business, jobs, and entrepreneurship. And I'm absolutely thrilled to be joined by Greg Hirsch, the owner of Hirsch Brick and Stone and an Army veteran. We'll talk about all of those things in just a moment. But uh, Greg, welcome to Get Down to Business. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you, uh, Greg. So let's talk a little bit about um, your uh, your work in the Chicagoland area. On your website, you talk about being the industry leading masonry professionals, and you have some gorgeous pictures of some of your work, um, which I know is the result of your hard work as well as the amazing team that you have around you. So if you don't mind, I always love to start by getting to know our guests. If you don't mind, tell us uh, briefly a little bit about yourself. Sure. I'm Greg Hirsch. I own Hirsch Brick and Stone, which is a landscape masonry company. We focus on building patios and outdoor features, everything from the patios themselves to fire features, barbecues, uh, primarily work in the Chicago market, but we do travel a little bit down into Indiana and Wisconsin. Uh, we have two facets to our business. One is the actual construction, and we work with many of the leading landscape professionals and landscape architects in the area. But we also have a maintenance segment where we maintain people's yards and properties, primarily the stonework and the, uh, the stone features on those, whether it's a paver driveway or a stone patio, tuck pointing on stoops or uh, repairing seat walls and outdoor fireplaces. Uh, those are two of the, the biggest segments of our business. We've been in business for uh, 22 years and uh, uh, things, are, things are busy this year. Absolutely. And I was about to ask you that question of when you got started, but how did you get into this line of work? Is this a family profession? Um, it's uh, it's a fascinating line of work, and especially in the Chicagoland area. And I think right now, so many people, as you said, are focused on trying to make their their surroundings, their immediate surroundings look as beautiful as possible because they don't have many, many, many other places to go. <laughs> right, exactly. Especially with COVID. No, great question. I, uh, through high school and college, I worked in uh, in a stone and a, and a patio company. And as I graduated college, um, I, uh, I just went into the profession. I stayed with that company a little longer. And then in 1998, I left and uh, started my own business. In the beginning, uh, I was back on the cruise doing the actual work. And over time, built up a, a fabulous team and uh, been doing it ever since. Absolutely. So I'm chatting with Greg Hirsch from Hirsch Brick and Stone. And uh, Greg, on your website, you talk about, and you have actually a nice uh, gallery of some of your work, um, but you talk about different projects that you work on, outdoor kitchens, patios, pool decks, all sorts of different things. What is hot right now, especially in this in this era of COVID? What are people really interested in investing in their homes? Since people have been stuck at home, a lot of people have been have been adding to what they have. So outdoor kitchens are are very hot right now. Um, you know, fire features are are uh, desirable. And then uh, now that people are home and focused on their outdoor environment, uh, the repair segment of our business and the 
maintenance segment of our business is probably up 20 to 30% this year from people seeing what's there. And, you know, they have a lot more time to, to spend out there and they're noticing things. And geographically, uh, I know that uh, you're based in the North Shore of Chicago. Uh, what service area uh, are, do you reach? The, uh, on the repair side of the business, that is uh, just the Chicago area. So we work on the North Shore of Chicago. We work down in some of the southwestern suburbs, Naperville, Oak Brook. We go out west to Barrington. Um, so essentially the whole Chicago market. Downtown as well. Uh, several of those projects are smaller, but the uh, the city environment is pretty harsh. So there's uh, there's numerous repairs down there. On the construction side of the business, we work with uh, leading architects and landscapers around the Midwest. So we do work all the way down into Indianapolis, up into Milwaukee and Madison, and uh, even further depending on the project. And uh, Greg, in your 22 years in business, what are some of the greatest challenges that you have had? And I ask that question as a uh, as a learning lesson um, because our program features entrepreneurship. And uh, you know, what would you say as a lesson to somebody just getting started in business? What what is that greatest challenge that you have had, and how have you overcome it? I think the greatest challenge in in any uh, business or uh, or large scale operation is people and developing your people, working with people, and retaining your people. You know, we've been we've been very fortunate to uh, to have a fabulous team in in our business. Our most senior crew chiefs. I have three or four people that have been with me for the full twenty two years, and several of my operational staff, salespeople, and managers. They've been with me close to twenty years. So I think it's it's developing your people, investing in your people, and retaining your people. Well, you be, must uh, be doing something be right biggest. because you're retaining uh, all of the on the uh, on the uh, team side, as well as I know you have many very very happy customers um, that are coming back, and as we said, uh, focusing on beautifying their their surroundings because of COVID, they don't have many many places to go. So uh, again, I've been chatting with Greg Hirsch from Hirsch Brick and Stone, a uh, fascinating uh, list of of work and expertise uh, in uh, in masonry industry uh, leaders. And uh, Greg, um, you recently retired as a uh, colonel uh, in the uh, in the National Guard, and I'd love to get into that and some of the uh, the areas of service. So we are going to squeeze in a quick break, and uh, before we wrap up the program, we will talk uh, perhaps a little bit about your experience in service. Um, again, you're listening to the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. You're listening to Get Down to Business. I'm your host Shalom Klein. You could get on my website shalomkline.com, and where you can download podcasts from the past six and a half years of shows, thousands of guests all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. And be sure to follow me on Twitter at Shalom Klein. I post all sorts of information, uh, networking opportunities and uh, opportunities for you to grow your business. So check that out on Twitter. Again, visit my website, shalomkline.com where you can download podcasts from the show. And I love to hear from our listeners. So get in touch with me over there. Uh, We'll be back with Greg Hirsch in just a moment.
Welcome back to the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. I've been chatting with Greg Hirsch, the president of Hirsch Brick and Stone. And Greg uh, has been sharing a little bit of his background, um, including leading up to 22 years ago, uh, launching this business. But uh, Greg, um, you recently retired as a colonel in the Wisconsin Army National Guard, uh, where you've uh, been mobilized and uh, deployed multiple times. So uh, Greg, you have a really interesting background. Um, what caused you to uh, to to join the army originally, and uh, any reflections on your uh, on your uh, career in uh, in the military? No, thank you. I, I joined the army orig- originally because I was an ROTC uh, scholarship recipient through college. I had no way to uh, to pay for college, and I, uh, I joined ROTC. Was commissioned in 1990 and ended up in the Wisconsin National Guard, and it was a, it was a fabulous career and a fabulous experience. Um, it gives you a perspective on life and a perspective on the world, uh, teaches you to, to deal and collaborate with people. And, uh, I enjoyed every minute of it. I've been, I've been all over the world and done countless things. Uh, it was, it was a very fun time, 28 years total in, in service. Absolutely. That's a, a longer, uh, longer track record than even your business. So <laughs> certainly you've, uh, certainly you've, you've been around and I say this all the time on my, uh, on my podcast called we all serve, by the way, shameless plug, check it out. Um, where we talk about, uh, service and leadership. Um, but Greg, I say all the time, we all serve that you don't need to put on the uniform in order to be involved in community. You have, you are multiple hats. You serve on several community and nonprofit boards, and, uh, you're currently a board member at the uh, Carmel Catholic High School in Mundelein. Um, so what what would your advice be to entrepreneurs that are out there um, that are focused on their business? Why why should they step up and serve in some capacity? Sure. Uh, before I answer that, I, I actually did come off the board at Carmel uh, a couple of years ago, but, uh, but thanks for mentioning that. Um, I think people should serve because it, it gives you a, a taste and a pulse of the community. So you, you're, you're, you're helping your, your community, you're engaged in your community, and you, you hear the diverse voices and perspectives of the people in your community. And truthfully, I think it makes you a stronger business. It, it helps you build those teams. You know, you, you can get some personal benefit out of it, either uh, future employees or potential customers. But I think the, the real benefit of it is, is serving your community and, and being engaged and knowing, knowing what's going on. And I have to ask, Greg, um, do you miss uh, putting on the uniform? I do. I do. I certainly miss all the people and the, and the friends I saw. And obviously, in light of everything going on this year, the, uh, the National Guard and the Reserve component in general is very involved in the COVID response. Um, you know, those are, those are very, very satisfying. It's, it's very satisfying work. And uh, I miss it, but I know it's in good hands with the, with the people that are there, that are there now. Absolutely. And uh, you continue to uh, pay it forward by, um, by mentoring and, uh, and assisting uh, others uh, that have followed in your footsteps, both in community service uh, on the local level, um, but certainly uh, your, uh, your 28 years of service. So thank you for that. And uh, again, I've been chatting with Greg Hirsch uh, from uh, Hirsch Brick and Stone. And uh, Greg, I'm sure our listeners will want to get a hold of you. How can they get in touch if they want to learn more about your services or even talk about community? Sure. The, uh, the best and easiest place is just go to my website at uh, www.hirschbrick.com. Uh, there'll be contact info and phone numbers there, give you a perspective of what we're about. But I'd be happy for anybody to reach out, whether it's community involvement or mentoring on the military side, 
and or certainly any uh, business opportunities. Absolutely. Well, Greg, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Hirschbrick.com. Uh, get in touch and uh, and reach out. But appreciate you uh, joining us and appreciate, uh, obviously, all your years of service and continued involvement in community. That's all we've got for you today on Get Down to Business, the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Check out my website, ShalomKlein.com. What a great lineup we have had today. Um, we've got another great lineup in store, so be sure to Listen again next Sunday, 6 p.m. right here on AM 560, The Answer. So to success, let's get down to business. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you, Shalom.